Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Eric. And I'm Tag. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, we want to welcome back Alex to the show. Alex is a licensed mortician and co-host of the brand new Swinging Wake podcast. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Also joining us this week is another person who's coming back to the show and was actually on with Alex, I think, before. Chris, who is a high school math teacher, former Mansion cast member, and currently the co-host with Alex on the Swinging Wake podcast. Welcome to the show, Al- or Chris. I wasn't <laughs> feeling well today. Nothing's coming out right. <laughs> Thank you. We're really excited to be here. Thank you for having us. I, I hope everybody goes and gives your first episode a listen. By the time this is out, I think you'll have a second episode out. First episode was great. If you love puns, you're going to love the beginning of this episode. I, for some <laughs> reason, it's the one thing that really sticks out to me. But um, it was it was a great first episode. You got some great music in there. You got some a great podcast artwork. Like, it's top-notch. So, great job, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thank- well, thank you all for joining us. Let's start off with our first question from Eric. All right. You're all kind of Disneyland folks, so you might not have the quite quite the extreme weather experience that I've I've had. But what's the worst weather you've ever endured at a Disney park? Alex, kick us off. All right. Well, actually, you know, I'm a Disneyland person, so I think I've only been to Disneyland maybe a couple times when it's been raining. And of course, you know, the Californians are all afraid of the rain. I can say that because I'm from <laughs> Minnesota and Iowa. But as far they as are severe of the weather, rain, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, it's just they like walk away. So I guess the most severe weather I've ever dealt with would be actually at Walt Disney World. Uh, it kind of gets stuck in my head, but it's from December of 1999. I remember a huge family trip. We went there all wearing matching T-shirts and whatnot. And I just remember it was just downpouring probably the whole trip. It was kind of crazy. The one thing I remember the most, though, is we all wore those. I don't know if you remember those really yellow ponchos, the Walt Disney World ponchos. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's the most, I guess, severe weather I've ever dealt with was at Walt Disney World. Just miserable the whole time uh, in, I guess, typical Florida weather. Right, Eric? Uh, I mean, it does rain pretty much every day, at least for a little bit. Sometime around noon, comes down for a few minutes and you're done. And then there are other days that are worse, way worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they usually like kind of bear the weather, right? Like they don't really care for the rain there. They just kind of expect it. I, I mean, the midday weather, yeah, like if it's just the regular like downpour, a lot of a lot of the regulars around the area are just like, eh, whatever. It'll take shelter for a few minutes. We we know to have lunch around this time. And when it's done, uh, we'll when lunch is done, it'll be over. There are much worse things, but I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. What about you, Tag? So I will say that not at a Disney park, because when we were in Disney World, it only kind of sprinkled every day. And I feel like you could almost set your watch by the daily rainstorm in Florida. But <laughs> the the big rainstorm that we had when we were in Florida was actually when we went to uh, Universal Studios. And we were in the Harry Potter area, and we came out of the Gringotts attraction and luckily, there was plenty of covered area about there, but it was like somebody was dumping a bucket on the earth. It was really bad. <laughs> but in a Disney park, I will say that when we were visiting Paris last summer, the rainstorm that was in Paris, it it basically rained. It kind of sprinkled for most of the day, but when it got to the evening, it was like 
For a Californian, it would be like a torrential downpour, but it, like it was pretty bad. We bought a very expensive $30 umbrella because we wanted, <laughs> I brought an umbrella, but it wasn't big enough for the two of us with the downpour. And uh, we stayed and watched the fireworks because guess what? Parisians still do the fireworks when there's crazy rain. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely, definitely crazy. It was definitely downpouring. I think it's the wettest I've been in a Disney park in a long, 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 long time. How about you, Chris? So when I went to Disney World in July of 2021, there was a torrential downpour in Hollywood Studios. And I'm from California. I don't put up with that weather at Disneyland. If it starts to rain, I leave. I'm one of those people that just, I don't do rain. But yeah, it was so bad. I was in line for Runaway Railway. And we were just huddling under umbrellas and like running to the next umbrella. And then we'd hunker down run to the next umbrella and hunker down. And I was so not prepared for this type of weather. I remember I was wearing sandals, flip-flops, and it was just, it was awful. But yeah, that was probably the worst weather I've experienced in a Disney park. And I paid so much to go out there that I couldn't just leave like I would here. I'm guessing in July, it was also very hot. It was very, very hot and it was very wet. Yeah. Did they still require masks outside then? No, no, this was, okay. this was not, there was no masking anymore. Mm. No. Okay. Yeah. Eric, how about you? Well, your, your experience sounds somewhat similar to mine. Brandy and I were in Animal Kingdom in 2015 or 2016, and it came down so heavy and for so long, like we're used to it coming down for to it for it raining a little bit almost every day and it it just kept going and it kept going and everywhere you looked there were people crammed into anything that might have some some protection so like you'd walk by the finding nemo uh stage show and everybody's like huddled in the queue people are huddled in bathrooms like everybody's just waiting and they're all soaked and we said you know what Everest is still running, so we rode it at least five times in a row. We they 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 had us get off. We didn't get to run run it again, but we would get off and we just walk right back around and do it again. And it's partially inside, partially inside a very cold mountain, so we were completely soaked. We took photo pass pictures on the way out in front of the tree, completely soaked. Every inch of our bodies was just wet. I remember I was wearing a pair of uh, Toms, the kind of, you know, the, that that kind of shoe, and they were they were wet the rest of the week. Oh wow! They did not dry out the rest of the week. I had to switch oh. to different shoes. But we got onto the bus. After, we we basically rode Everest five times and then made our way out to the buses. We had initially kind of gone out that way and said, "Wow, there's so many people waiting for buses. Let's go back in and let's ride rides." So we did Everest a bunch of times, went out, the line for buses was low, we crammed onto the bus, and we were standing there just dripping. The bus was still like standing room only, so we were like holding onto the things and water's dripping off of all of us, every part of us. And we got back to the Wilderness Lodge, what felt like seven hours later, (laughs) and had to take like hot showers to warm back up. It it, It was great. Now, Eric, you said that you had PhotoPass photos. Would this be something you could scrounge up for the show notes? I could scrounge something like this up for the show notes. And I should probably, 
I should probably find out how to log into the Instagram account and post stuff like this when we talk about pictures. That's I true. definitely have that photo because, yeah, it was – and it's kind of hard to tell because our, like, clothes were so, like – they were so wet that they were homogeneously, like, a darker color. Mm. Like, it wasn't it, – it's not it was like – It wasn't like patches of dryness anywhere. Right. We were completely soaked. So I still have that shirt. <laughs> it's a very old shirt, and it's getting kind of threadbare. But but yeah, whenever I put it on, I remember getting so completely wet <laughs> that we just yeah it it was it was insane, and we're like yeah, let's go with it. It's still warm out. It was like September, ninety degrees, I don't know. like it is. Well, in yeah, of Florida. course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that uncomfortable. It was just fairly uncomfortable. <laughs> the worst part about rain in Florida is while it's raining. It feels so good to be like cooling off, mm -hmm. but then the second it's done, everything is just a hundred times more humid. And it's, it's steamy, like, so much <laughs> worse. Like there so should like, be. You get that moment of like relief, followed by like ten times worse than it was before. <laughs> oh yeah, most of the time that happens to me. It's at Epcot, and you just see you actually see steam rising off of mm. the walkways when the sun comes back out. And you're Ugh. like, oh no, there's no cover here. All right, I think that wraps up our first question. Alex, what, what did you bring this time? All right, so what is one nostalgic Disney park souvenir you wish the parks would bring back? I guess we'll go ahead and start out with uh, Teg. Oh, man. So uh, the very first thing I always think of, and I don't know why they don't sell them anymore, is the park maps, the ones that are, like, drawn. They had them as souvenirs. They, like, fold out. You could put them in a poster thing. If I was in my other office, I'd say that there was I have an old, old, old version on the wall. But I really like those. It was nice to see how things changed over time. But they haven't done one of those in a really long time. I really, really wish they would bring those back. I loved getting those. They were fairly inexpensive. Again, it allowed you to see like all the... It's a way you could kind of know when you were there. The other option I would say is whatever happened to the souvenir guidebooks? You know, back in the 80s and early 90s, they had those, you know, it was a landscape kind of thing and they would open up and it had each land. And, you know, most of the... You know, they redid it every year, but most of the time it had all the same stuff in it, but the cover was different. So I kind of I kind of wish they would do that again because that was also a good get it every time you go and then you could easily put it like on a bookshelf and be able to refer back and be like, Oh, look, I went in 1988 and this is what the park looked like. I yeah. went in 1995 and this is what the park looked like. I don't know why they don't sell them anymore. I feel like they just don't. I don't know. How about yeah, you, great, Chris? Great photos and everything. And nerds, yeah. nerds like us would sit and look at them, pull them all out of the, the, the chest and go, Oh yeah. Okay. I remember that's where this is. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even 100. remember those. I don't know. I don't I don't recall those at all. I have to look those up. I don't either. Oh, oh wait one second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh you have one of course. <laughs> I have a few of them. Well go for it, Chris, while he's going okay. to find one uh, of his so souvenirs. I also brought my souvenir. So I have a vintage Disney dollar. Ooh. I don't know if you can see it. It is from nineteen ninety three, the year that Toontown opened. It's a good year. So it is it is not worth a dollar anymore. It's worth a lot more than that now. These were discontinued, I think, in 2016. But I just thought it was a really smart idea because it's like selling somebody a gift card that they'll never spend because they become collectible, right? So it was a good idea for the company, but they discontinued them. And yeah, 
they were really high quality too. They're very high quality. They feel like an actual dollar. Wow. Yeah. Next time I come to Disney, I want to see it in person. I've never seen a Disney dollar up close before. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I should have shown you while you were here. <laughs> I could have brought my Disney dollars up too if I would have thought about it. <laughs> the oldest one I have is this one. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And you open it up and it's got like pictures and stuff. You know, Walt, nice little picture of Walt. Oh, I yeah. love that. So they're like Main Street USA, and it's got like all the little cool. things from Main Street. And then, you know, you go through all the different things. It also promoted other places. Like at the end of this one, it promoted Tokyo Disneyland. That this is one so was, cool. Yeah, this one, it's like falling apart. This one is from, I thought it would have a copyright or something on it. I don't know. I think this was like 1980-something. And then the second oldest one I have is this one. Very similar. This one's a little more together. Oh, they actually added the hotel to this one. Cool. Yeah, so those are the two old ones. And then then I had... uh, Let's see. I don't know what year was which, but there was this one. And then this one was from the 40th anniversary because it's got the 40 Years of Adventure logo. Did the previous one come with a CD? Is that what I saw on the the cover? No, it's just it's just how they did the photo. No, oh no, not not that the other the more recent one. Oh, I thought I saw a logo in the corner that looked like it had a CD on it. You've shown us so many. This is a podcast. <laughs> oh, it's just uh, a logo. Okay, pictorial souvenir. Or whatever. I thought that meant it had like a CD stuck in the back, like they did for a while. The castle when it had ivy on it. I don't know. News to me. <laughs> yeah, back wow. in the actually, actually in the older, the older one I have, it's almost fully covered in ivy. Oh wow! Hmm. So anyway, I know it's a, I know it's an audio podcast. I'll see if I could take a couple pictures and put them <laughs> in the show notes because, like, it's kind of cool. This one actually has. Oh yeah, this was definitely like 1992 era because they have Euro Disneyland in here. Oh, wow. Before it was Disneyland Paris. Yeah. And they also have Disney World with the Grand Floridian that had just opened fairly recently. Interesting. I also have Disney Dollars, which I think are cool. I'm surprised that they got rid of those two. But anyway. I am. I'm very surprised because, like I said, it, you know, became a collectible. So you're basically selling somebody a gift card that they won't spend, which is good business, right? (laughs) I don't know why you wouldn't bring it back. Maybe it costs money to produce or something. But Eric, what about you? I'm surprised that they lasted as long as they did. That's kind of the interesting thing about Disney dollars. Like 2016, holy cow. Anyway, so the the souvenir that I generally buy on trips at Walt Disney World is a pin. I like to find something that kind of commemorates the trip and maybe the hotel that I'm staying at, maybe some specific memory. And it's easy when you're a kid to convince parents to spend, you know, a couple bucks on a pin. Instead of like, you'll never wear that hat again and that sort of thing. But I have a bunch of pins, not not as I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't have a giant collection. I have a decent collection and it's all at work. And it's a great conversation starter when I have vendors stop by my office. But uh, for some reason, I always seem to forget getting one at Disneyland. <laughs> I've never gotten a Disneyland hotel pin or a Grand Floridian or a Pixar place or Paradise Pier hotel. Like I. I just never buy pins at Disneyland. I don't know why. 
I could say bring get bring back guns at pirates, but that was a that was a joke. I wrote that in the notes. <laughs> the guns with the the big orange thing at oh, the yeah. end that said this is not a gun. I think really the the souvenir I wish they really sold was when you could go to a kiosk and pick Disneyland songs and burn them to a CD. That was so cool. And I know a lot of people like I, I think Disney Chris has talked about this. Like that's how he kind of started some of his collection was getting these songs burned. Like you can't find them anywhere else at the time. I guess now it's a little bit easier. You've got YouTube, you've got plenty of other resources, but that was so cool to be able to take home a bit of Disney music that, that reminds you of your trip and you got to personalize it. I I really liked that a lot, but Alex bring us home. They were called the Disneyland forever CD kiosks. Disneyland forever CD. Mm -hmm. All right. Nice. Okay. All right. Let's bring us home. Yeah, of course I got to bring up the Haunted Mansion because that's my thing. So everyone's probably wondering (laughs) when he's going to start talking about that. So (laughs) I guess the one, the one souvenir I I missed the most, which I actually never got the opportunity to buy would be if you guys remember, I mean, back when I went to Walt Disney World in 1999, they had these ghost dogs on a leash. I don't know if you guys ever heard or seen those yeah, before. I, I have, yeah, cast members, cast members still have one at Disneyland in the mansion. Yeah. And don't it comes out every now and then. Don't they have a name for the ghost dog that they walk around? Yes, on and I cannot remember. I got to walk it one time, and Aww. I cannot remember what its name was. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I really wanted one. I remember seeing that outside the Haunted Mansion, and I asked my father if I could have it, and he's the kind of guy that you get one souvenir a trip, that's it. So unfortunately, <laughs> I ended up not getting it. Every day I go to the or every time I go to the Haunted Mansion, I just remember that. Even if it's the Disneyland version, I'm just like, oh gosh, I just wish they were selling those outside. So that's the one that I wish I could get nowadays. So I, I know they have them at fairs and whatnot, but it would just be so cool to buy your own ghost dog from the haunted mansion. And to be honest, I'm not a really dog dog person, I guess. So that's the only dog I'd ever adopt would be a ghost dog. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, Alex is never going to show up on the show again. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to have a dog anymore either, but anyway, yeah, I was, I was wondering, it took you guys almost halfway through the show before you said something about the haunted mansion really. So, wow. All right. Well, that is two questions down, which means we reached our halfway point. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support us, you can head over on over to thehubcrawl.com slash support, where for as little as $5 a month, you can support us and get access to our Discord chat, where we ask our bonus question of our supporters to be able to answer. Unfortunately, we knew that Alex and Chris were going to be on this week, so we banned them from being able, because they are also in our Discord chat, and they have, I said they cannot answer this because they have to answer it on the podcast, but there was uh, Marie and Kate ended up doing that and the question for this week if you had to x one scene in the haunted mansion which scene would you get rid of it's going to be a perfect question for the the swinging wake podcast host to answer or painfully not answer i don't know but if you want to support (laughs) us like i said head on over to the hubcrawl.com slash support you get that bonus question every single episode and then you get your chance to answer it as well and you can even submit questions if you'd like uh, through the Discord. So back to the show. All right. Yeah. Let's hear what Teg's question is for this episode. All right. So I this has come up because Disney has announced, Disneyland has announced that uh, they are coming back with Fantasmic in May. 
I'm going to say it's May. And they said that there will be that Murphy, the dragon, will not be back, but they will have some other type of something taking its place that should be magical or awesome or something. Uh, they're also bringing the pirates, uh, the Peter Pan scene back, which I'm very happy about. But what do you want to see take the place of the Murphy finale for Fantasmic at Disneyland? Chris. So I think in the show notes, I put just not screens. So something practical. When I think about it, I know that, you know, the way that Murphy was designed, it was obviously unsafe for cast and crew with, you know, the fire and all that. But what if they did something like Elliot, the Elliot float in Electric Light Parade? And, you know, you could still have smoke coming out of its nostrils or whatever, but it'd be maybe safer for cast and crew. Just just no screens, please. Disney, we see enough screens and we don't want more. It's not Universal Studios. Yeah, I was just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, what do you you want to see? I'd like to see a bigger villain. I want to see Chernabog. Go big or go home. And find some practical way to have like a, a growing, gigantic Chernabog kind of like Murphy just kind of uh, would appear, uh, but find something like that. And I wouldn't mind if they projected like green flames onto, oh. onto the body as it's going up like that. I think that would, they could find ways to make that still good, but have something huge and menacing that doesn't like belch f- actual fire at anybody. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, you know, that's expensive and it's dangerous, but yeah, I think Chernabog's good. We haven't seen a whole lot of, whole lot of the big guy in a while let's go for it alex what do you think yeah i would love to see another version of murphy i mean we all love murphy murphy is a classic when it comes to phantasmic so rebuild murphy make make her bigger and better but i would say you know use their special effects technology it's disney they're always coming up with new technology they're really good at projection mapping so instead of having you know the the gas or the hazards of the fire i would use maybe like a mist with projection mapping on it to make like the mist come out of the mouth look like fire something more safe and also you know new technology that would kind of make people excited about it you know just something just to add to it and again make it safe for cast members what about you tag oh man i think obviously the spectacle of murphy coming out is amazing the and and I'm sure that it's going to be something along the lines of what you guys have talked about. But the thing that makes it so amazing to me is you don't expect it to actually breathe fire, and then it does. And then the river literally catches fire. That's one of the things that I remember as a little kid seeing Fantasmic for the first time. And I feel like you have to have that. That is like, that is the showstopper moment for Fantasmic. And I just, you know, if they could find some cool way to make the fire green, that would be like the next level. But as Chris was talking, I actually was, uh, this popped in my head because she said the electrical parade. And I don't know if you've seen the video from Paris of the electrical sky parade where they are basically doing drones in the sky to make the electrical parade in the sky. So I'm like, I wonder if they could use drones in Fantasmic 
to do some type of finale. Th- like, that could be kind of cool. I don't That's know what that would idea. necessarily look like, but that would be a great place to, to, to utilize drones. Because the biggest problem with drones is, like, they don't last a long, long time. But you just need it for, like, the two or three minutes that the finale is going on. I think that could be really cool. One of the neat things, if you've seen this video from Paris, is they have these drones, and it looks like there's, like, you know, Tinkerbell kind of like twinkling around the top of the castle kind of a thing and you know if you could if you could have a any type of I don't know a projection or any type of <laughs> dragon but if you had the the drones like look like Mickey like attacking it with like magic I mean it could be really cool so I I still like fireworks I don't want fireworks to go away but I do think drones are the future and so maybe maybe drones maybe I don't know it would be I think if they can do it without telling everybody what they're going to do and it doesn't leak, I think the first night if they use drones, people would like lose their minds and I think it'd be amazing. (laughs) Well, that is another great round of discussion. Let's move on to our last question from Chris. So I have a Galaxy's Edge related question. I think Galaxy's Edge has a lot of potential to be awesome, but it is lacking the way that it exists now. If you were the Imagineer tasked with adding something to the land, what would you add? Eric, I'm going to go to you first. I take a little umbrage that it's lacking. It does lack some of the things that they originally promised us, like interaction (laughs) and cast members that heckle you about your performance on, on Millennium Falcon. I'm not missing that. I don't want anybody to tell me, and that engineer didn't press the buttons fast enough. I Whatever. But I think that they've done a great job of adding in more walk-around characters, especially at Disneyland. Add more robots. More and more robots. Have R2-D2 rolling around. Have a BB-8 rolling around. Have just random droids rolling around. I, who cares if we've never seen these droids before? It's interesting. It's fun. Chewbacca has always been great. And Chewbacca's always out there, but... I had a great interaction uh, a couple times ago at Disneyland. I was eating, I was eating a Ronto wrap with Lynn from the Sweep Spot, and we're just sitting there talking. And then suddenly, the Mandalorian is behind me, talking to me and and warning me about warning me about smugglers in the area. And I've got a mouthful of Ronto wrap. I'm like, thank you. And I'm probably on like 30 people's Instagram because th- there was just this crowd following him around and filming everything, and that was. Like that was that was great. More of that at both at both galaxies edges. It's it it's so much fun to have walk around characters, and that that adds in that personality that we we got a little bit of early on. We got the Kylo Ren, we got some stormtroopers, we had a, a rebel character that was made for the land that nobody knew anything about. I can't remember her name, but she's still hanging around there. I'm I'm blanking on her name too, but yeah, she is still around. But yeah, I think the next thing, like add a second floor to Ogas or add another Ogas. There's a little bit of space behind each of these places. Get get some more it or or do the restaurant. Do the restaurant that they they teased for a while. Give us more places to sit down and be really immersed. Because Ogas is great. I don't go to Ogas every time I go because I don't always want to sit down and have a you know sugary drink or whatever, but it's so cool being in there. The experience is fun, and that's that's what I like. So, uh, you know, it would be great if they put in that Bantha ride they were talking about or any of the other 
ride ideas, but you don't have to do all that. Just create more experiences, more places for us to hang out and want to be there. Like at, I mean, like at Harry Potter in, in universal, you just want to hang out there. You want to spend all day there. And that's, that's what I want out of galaxy's edge. I already kind of, I know plenty of people do spend half their day there, but it's not, I guess it's in the middle of Disneyland and it's in the middle of Hollywood studio. So there are plenty of other things to do, but, but yeah, a little bit more. And I could see it being a place where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Hollywood studios today. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just going to hang out there. That's, that's my thought, (laughs) Alex. All right. I guess before I give my answer, I'm going to disclose that I'm not the biggest star Wars fan. I know that's kind of (gasps) crazy for everyone else. No dogs and no star Wars. What's wrong (laughs) with you? No. I know. Shame, shame. But yeah, so I'm going to come at this question kind of as more of a Parks fan than a Star Wars fan. So I believe um, they need a fully immersive and themed restaurant, kind of uh, what Eric was talking about. And I know there were plans originally to have something like this, but I think it'd be cool to have like a dinner theater aspect to it. Have a story while you're dining, things going on around you, like you're part of the action as well. It would be amazing to have it kind of similar to Blue Bayou as far as like the atmosphere. But like I said, have entertainment going it'd be cool they could throw a few animatronics in there somewhere as well that'd be amazing so that's kind of my answer there so not being a huge star wars fan i believe that there is still plenty of opportunity throughout the whole entire land to add some connectivity to the star wars franchise what about you tag you're talking about an interactive thing or an immersive thing like Blue Bayou. And I'm like, okay, so what attraction or something would be going on there? Because that's one of the cool things, right? It's like you're just in this environment. I was like, okay, so do you have like a loading bay that like ships are leaving or something? And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird because there's really no attraction that ties to. <laughs> and then I was thinking, I was like, oh, would it be like Canto Bite from the Star Wars? So it's like a casino you go into. And I'm like, oh, God, everybody hated Canto Bite. But anyway, <laughs> I you know... I guess I'm, you know, Paul Pressler hurt me in the 90s. And so my first thing when I talk about adding something somewhere, it's never a food or a shop because I feel like that was really heavily emphasized in the late 90s. And I want more. I always want more attractions. So I think that Galaxy's Edge suffers a little bit from the same thing that Tomorrowland suffers from, which is just a lack of kinetic energy. It needs movement, something going on. And so I think, you know, they showed that concept art of that like bantha ride where the kids or whatever people could ride it around but it was low capacity i totally agree that that would be way low capacity but what if you took the concept of something like an autopia and you made it like little hovercrafts or something and you had it go on like above everybody like along the ridges and stuff so it'd be kind of thrilling for adults you could kind of get the same thing that people like from the people mover which is they were kind of elevated. They could see what was going on. It was kind of a relaxing little trip, but you got to see some cool things. Why don't you have like a people mover slash Autopia kind of attraction that kids can ride and adults can ride and it maybe will go into and out of like a couple of the attractions there would be really cool. It would add some kinetic energy, you know, then they can go to Tomorrowland and bulldoze the Autopia because we have something similar and free up all that space. That's kind of what I was thinking because I just feel... Like, there needs to be more there. I do find myself inadvertently spending a lot of time in Galaxy's Edge because we like Rato Wraps, 
A lot of yeah. the good food is at Docking Bay Seven. You know, there's the the their bathrooms. They like this is a weird thing to be excited about, but the bathrooms in Galaxy's <laughs> Edge are like the newest in the park. So like they're bigger, they're nicer. Like they don't smell funny. So Galaxy's Edge has a lot to offer in terms of all that, just because like it's the newest land. So it's the most modern. It's like updated for today and and the needs of the amount of guests they have now. So, yeah, I think some type of an attraction, I just don't, I don't think there's really a lot of room with the current layout of Galaxy's Edge to add another attraction that doesn't weave in and out of what exists there. Chris, what about you? You must have been thinking I, about you something. You know what? I like you your answer, Peg. I, I do like your answer because I do think that the land does need an outdoor attraction, you know, not necessarily an e-ticket, but something that's outdoor that you can see that adds, yeah, that kinetic energy. But Alex, we have this hive Disney mind because my answer is almost identical to yours. I think we need a fine dining option. So something I think I was thinking of Blue Bayou meets the now defunct Galactic Star Cruiser. So, yeah, yeah, you know, Galactic Star Cruiser didn't work for a lot of reasons. It was expensive. It was a multi-day experience. But what if you took that and just sort of pared it down a little bit? and made it into a dining experience almost like uh i can't think of it because i'm not a disney world person but isn't there a space themed restaurant space Space 220 yeah yes yeah maybe something like that where it's a fine dining option i think i would go to galaxy's edge more and spend more time there if there was something like that but even i would even be happy with an add-on to ogas because i do like ogas but there's not a lot of seating in Oga's, and I'm not a huge fan of the food that's in Galaxy's Edge currently, so I would like to see that. Okay, Chris, I got to ask you. So, have <laughs> you had, like, what have you had at Docking Bay 7? <laughs> to be really honest, I don't know that I've been there. I don't like the Ronto Roasters because the meat grosses me out and the little sure. like meat thing in the middle. I don't know. It just really grosses me out. I, I, went there, that. I went there with Alex whenever he came and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a Ronto list wrap, which Teresa gets. That's, that's not meat. It's, it's like a, a impossible something or other, but like, it's really good. And docking Bay seven we go there quite often because it's got the the cold brew that Teresa likes that has like the cocoa puffs or whatever. Cocoa puffs, yeah. And Dumb. but in Docking Bay Seven, they usually have like limited time things, and they're usually there's it's like a they've had like a ramen kind of like thing. They've had like a pasta thing. They have something there that's also meat, but it's like a stew. It's so good. The flavors are so good back there. So it's hard. It's one of those places that like I always want to get food at because I always think it's really good, and. I don't know. I feel like the portion sizes could be a little bit bigger, but I like bigger portion sizes. So it's probably perfect for most people. But I would say I would implore you the next time you go to Disneyland, go to Docking Bay 7, look at the menu or even look at the menu at home and see if there's something that sounds good and try it. Because I think the food, I haven't had anything that was bad from Docking Bay 7. I agree completely. Yeah. I will definitely check that out. I don't even think I know where Docking Bay 7 is. I, it's I kind don't of know. Hidden. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so hidden. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ronto Roasters, if you come out like the side towards the towards the Falcon basically, instead mm-hmm. of going down the stairs towards the Falcon, if you just follow that elevated 
platform around, there's doors there, and that's docking bay seven. Oh, okay. You literally don't even know it's there. The first time we were looking for it, I'm like, where is this place? Because <laughs> you're you're mystified because you see the Millennium Falcon down below you, and yeah. you don't look to your left and see the giant restaurant that has quite a lot of seating inside. But it's all inside. You can't tell that it is a restaurant. True. That's the yeah. thing. And it doesn't open with the park. So if you go back to Galaxy's Edge early in the morning, it's not even open. So it looks like it's one of the other closed doors that you can't go into in the land. They've done breakfast in the past, and it was a really good breakfast. Yeah. Um, The last time we were there, I think they didn't open until 11, because I really mm -hmm. wanted... We were back there, and I really wanted the whatever it was, the the pot roasty kind of thing that, that was, was really good back there. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't open yet. And so I was like, eh, I guess I gotta come back later. Mm. So do you mobile order when you go there? I do. And I find like there there's been times where like there you walk in and there's kind of like a long line. And uh, so I just mobile order then literally can just walk right up most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty good there. But I also I don't know. I'm sorry that you feel that way about the Ronto wraps. The Ronto wraps are so good. It, the breakfast Ronto one of my favorites. Is the best. Oh yeah, because they've got like a sauce that they put on with the egg. And usually, I'm weird about eggs because I like my eggs cooked till they're like dry, dead, whatever. But <laughs> the ones with the Ronto wraps are good. We're learning a lot about food preferences here, but I think that does it for the main portion of the hub crawl. Uh, we'd like to thank our guests. Where can people find you? We've already kind of talked about this, but uh, Chris, what do you want to plug this week? Our new podcast, the Swinging Wake Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Alex, what's our handle? Uh, yes. Yeah, so on Facebook and Instagram, it's Swinging Wake Podcast. And on Twitter or X, it's Swinging Wake Pod. And people could find it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. Spotify, yeah. Yes, exactly. Cool. And we'd greatly appreciate if you check it out and leave us a five-star review. Only a five-star review, though. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Everybody else, uh, I, I'm unable to find... I, I'm going to have to keep looking to find that picture of me completely soaked at Animal Kingdom. But uh, hopefully I'll I'll pick it up somewhere. Join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 